0: Quite by coincidence, I actually have the same verse that you just heard in the gospel reading. Um, So if you missed it, here it is again. (laughs) At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 19, verse 1 through 3. At Standing Rock Reservation, the children we saw could be likened to angels, though some of them were little devils, too. Every one of us who went on the mission trip to Standing Rock connected with at least one child who came to us. My mom, Laurel, had Jolie, Claire, my sister, had Samaya, and I had Gideon. Gideon was one of the cutest kids ever. He was only about four, or so I would assume, The children hardly ever told us their real ages. They would gain or lose a year within two minutes in order to be in the same group as a friend or relative. Gideon had one of the biggest toothless smiles you had ever seen. He was friends with everyone, and no one could resist his adorable bear hugs. And despite his young age, he was probably one of the better listeners of the group. Each kid had a way of tugging on our heartstrings. These kids were there for us. To smile and keep us smiling as we told them about God's wonders. at each site, everyone had a job. My job was to help Pastor Britt teach Bible lessons to the children. We taught the kids with a baseball theme. We used umpire signals to tell them if they were correct, to calm down, etc. We taught them how to they can be heroes by living by the Christian example. I found it surprising how much the kids actually understood. I mean, Pastor Don and I were amazing teachers. And yes, a few of the families on the reservation were Christian. But as young as they were and with their attention spans, I didn't expect them to learn as much as they did. I was impressed, astounded even. It was quite a sight that last day as we asked the kids what they had learned in the past week, the responses we received. They were listening to us. What a wonderful feeling. When I thought about doing this mission trip... I guess I thought about all that I had to give, about how fortunate I was and how I could share that, that fortune with those less fortunate. I guess what I realized later is how much I came away with from this experience and how much I learned from these children. I think one thing I came away with is that we too often overthink our faith. We get bogged down in that this or that issue about Christianity and how we relate to God like the disciples, we get bogged down in determining sins and sinners, and who is greater and who is smaller. But these children out there on the Great Plains, these children, many of whom live in poverty, showed me how to listen, how to love simply, and how to give great big bear hugs. And That's what I think Jesus was trying to get the disciples to understand, that God wants us to live and love him simply and not make that love so complicated. Going on the mission trip to Standing Rock Reservation was the experience of a lifetime. I had so much fun connecting with the children and teaching them about God. I most definitely will be returning next year, and I can't wait to see all these children again. What an exciting experience.
1: Thank you, Colette. You bring tears to my eyes. I love the fact that our church can help people do this. We're thinking about the greatest. There was one person who called himself the greatest who was actually crowned sportsman of the century in 1999 by Sports Illustrated. You can tell me his name, I bet. Muhammad Ali, I'm the greatest. Well, my favorite story about this boxer didn't take place in the boxing ring, but on a jet. As the jet was preparing for takeoff, the flight attendant instructed the heavyweight champion that he needed to fasten his seatbelt. He looked at her and smiled and bragged, Superman don't need no seatbelt. She gave him an even bigger smile and said, No, Superman don't need an airplane either. Will you buckle up, please? (laughs) And he laughed as he fastened his seatbelt. Well, even the greatest people have limitations. In all three of our scripture passages today, Jesus is responding to either a question or an argument about who is the greatest. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of the Gospels, tell stories of Jesus' life, but with different emphases. And so in today's passages, Mark and Luke have the disciples arguing among themselves about which of them will be the greatest. Matthew softens it up a little bit by telling us that his disciples came to Jesus with a question. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? How do you think they expected Jesus to answer him, answer them? They had been around him for a little while, so they probably knew that he wasn't going to say Caesar. He wasn't going to go with political greatness. They probably knew that he wasn't going to name a very important rabbi of the day, that he wasn't going to go with religious greatness. I think they were really hoping that he would call them by name. John, you're the greatest. Or Peter, you will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Well, Jesus surprised them all by beckoning to a child and bringing the child before the disciples for a rather disappointing object lesson for them. Here's how Luke quotes Jesus. Whoever welcomes this little child in my name... Welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you all, he is the greatest. Now, in Matthew's Gospel, children never speak. All 28 chapters. You never have a child speaking. In Matthew's Gospel, Herod murders children. And the only child in that gospel who receives a name is the baby Jesus. This sort of helps us to understand the culture of that day in a time where children were considered their father's property and they were among the most vulnerable. Well, in our culture, children aren't considered their father's property. Some fathers wish they were. But still, they're helpless and they're vulnerable. If you were to put a child out on the street with nothing, that child would continue to have nothing. If you were to put an adult out on the street, an adult could go get a job and start paying rent or find a a homeless shelter or something like that. But not a child. Children are vulnerable. And that's why it's up to the adults. It's up to us to protect them and to care for them. Colette talked about Gideon and one of the kids that I wanted to love so much but had a hard time <laughs> was Sarah. Sarah, you could you could just tell with Sarah and her siblings that they did not get love and affection at home. And so they sought negative ways to get love and attention. And for Sarah, it happened to be when you called her and were ready to do something with her age group that she would run the other direction or she would jump up on the bleachers and want you to chase her. She wanted that attention. Children who lack love and affection at home are vulnerable. And they're vulnerable to people who could take advantage of them. And we cared for these children for a few hours a day, for one week out of the year. And I I know that those of us who went wondered about the other 51 weeks. What is life like for them then? That's why Evelyn and Sandra went for two years in a row, and that's why Colette wants to go back this year and Um, Their energy has spread to our youth group, all of whom are saying, yeah, we want to go this year too. The need is great. And while the distance is great as well, the people who dive into such an experience to gain this new perspective on life also gain a new appreciation for all that we have. When we welcome one such child in Jesus' name, No matter where they are, we welcome Jesus and we're transformed. On a local level, a few of us have been talking about what we might do for children here at home. One local church, Raleigh Court Presbyterian, offered a book study about hunger. This group read the book Ending Hunger Now and it transformed enough of them to form their own hunger mission team. And they didn't know what they were going to do at first, so they researched, they checked around, they talked, uh, consulted with the city school system to find out at which school are the children most impoverished. And one of those is Hurt Park Elementary, which if we lived... On this lot, we would go to Hurt Park Elementary. That's the school district for this church. And they, they learned that most of the kid, many of the kids have free lunch and breakfast or uh, discounted. And, but they go home on Fridays and they might not get a decent meal until when they come back to school on Monday. So what they do now is they buy food wholesale, and every Friday morning they gather at the church and they pack backpacks to send home with the kids so that they'll have healthy food over the weekend. They're not the only congregation doing this. Several are doing it at Highland Park Elementary as well. But they found a need and found a way that they could meet it and they met it. Several Thursdays ago, when Roanoke City canceled school due to the snow, The my contact at Raleigh Court said that one student called the, ch- the school that day and happened to find somebody in the office, in the school office. And the child was calling to ask whether they would have school the next day because he or she was dependent on the food provided By the school or at the school to assuage his or her hunger. I I think that one definition of missions may be assuaging hunger. You know, hunger is everywhere. There's a hunger to be fed, of course, there's the hunger to be loved. And more deeply, there's a hunger for God. When we take time to reflect, we realize how much we have. And when we hang it on a balance against what some others have, wow, we see how or, or that, that we could do something to make things more balanced, more equitable. We have the responsibility then to share Whether it's love, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's our own testimony about what Jesus has done in our life. God fills our hungers, sometimes through each other. This church does a lot of collecting and sending out. Now, you may get tired of it sometimes when you see it in the columns again or a sign that we're collecting school supplies this fall or we're collecting for the Ram House Day Shelter every fifth Sunday or we're collecting sundry items for the mission center or rescue mission. We're collecting Christmas shoeboxes for the children of Standing Rock. And yet that's something we can do to enhance the life Of a child in some place. And so, what I was saying at the very beginning, what I'm loving is that we're also getting to the point of collecting people and sending them out on mission trips. We've got four folks interested in going to the far southwest corner of Virginia this spring to help out the people there. And if you're interested in that, let's talk. It's not as far as standing rock. <laughs> but there people are interested in going and sharing a taste of God's love for people who are hungry. But everywhere we are, everywhere we go, we have that opportunity. We have the opportunity to offer someone a taste that will assuage their hunger. It might be a listening ear. It might be our testimony about what God or Jesus has meant to us. It might be bringing in school supplies. Whatever it is, we can all do something. Someone has said that the church is the only club that exists for the benefit of its non-members. The church is the only club that exists for the benefit of its non-members when we follow the lead of our Women's missionary union and focus our lives on missions and giving away what God has given to us so generously, truly we have welcomed the Christ and God welcomes us. Let's pray. God of love, you are beyond our imagination and comprehension in the ways that you love us so generously. We pray that you would fill us again with your Holy Spirit. Give us guidance and wisdom as we seek to share your love with others who are in need. Thank you, God, for all of our gifts.